Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome in this UFC 292 Sterling vs. O'Malley recap episode. Uh, this is the Sterling vs. O'Malley recap episode. Not even sure if I said that right, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> go over all of the fights here, then kind of give you the main main card breakdown, go over my best bets, and then see what's coming up for the UFC. The main card results, I'll do a little further breakdown later on in the episode. Um, the main event of the evening, Sean O'Malley defeated Aljamain Sterling via TKO at 51 seconds of round number two. Sean O'Malley was tasked with easily his toughest test to date, on paper at least, and he passed that test with an A+, circling around Aljo and avoiding being taken down while landing the better of the striking exchanges throughout the length of the fight. Massively impressive performance from O'Malley. The co-main event, Zhang Weili defeated, defeated Amanda Lemos via unanimous decision. 288 strikes to 21 was the largest striking differential in UFC women's fight history. Pure domination from the champion and a masterclass in the different levels to the game. Lemos came in riding high off of flashy knockout power. Weili made her look like she never even practiced the rest of MMA before stepping into the octagon. Ian Gary then defeated Neil Magny via unanimous decision. Ian Gary is going to be a problem at welterweight for a long time. At 24 years old, he made the all-time leader in UFC welterweight wins look like he had just had his first professional fight and about that wasn't even close. Then we had Mario Batista versus Damon Blackshear. Batista won via unanimous decision. Blackshear showed incredible heart coming into another fight on one week's rest and notice from his twister submission last weekend at fight night. But the second weight cut in two weeks seemed to have had an effect on DeMonster as he showed dramatically uh, slower pace after the halfway point of the fight. And then in the first fight on the main card, Marlon Chito Vera defeated Pedro Munoz via unanimous decision. A typical Chito fight in this one started off slow but didn't get damaged before getting his own reads and uh, picking the opponent apart. The fight got easier and easier for him as the clock wound down. Okay, so now we'll go to the prelims and go over those fights a little more in depth and then go back to the main card in depth as well. Brad Tavares defeated Chris Weidman via unanimous decision in the featured prelim bout. Round one, Tavares came out much faster and much sharper striking than Weidman, landing one shot that left Weidman strolling right past Tavares before an inadvertent groin strike from Tavares. About halfway through the round allowed the fighters to have a reset. Tavares started landing leg kicks on Weidman's left leg throughout the round chewing up the leg that hadn't been broken in the previous fight. Then in round two, Tavares came out firing even more shots to start the second. Uh, Weidman ended up being heavily compromised with both legs a minute into the round, struggling to even stand up at times. Uh, Weidman did land one really good shot that at first looked like it wobbled Tavares before being knocked back down himself. Weidman kept moving forward before landing an inadvertent groin strike himself. Tavares showed off some incredible takedown defense every time that Weidman would attempt to take the fight to the mat, though. Round three, another inadvertent leg kick or groin strike from Tavares started the final round. Uh, Tavares continued the leg kicking clinic thereafter, getting to the point that Weidman was grimacing even when Tavares would just lift his leg at all, even if he wasn't throwing any kind of strike. Weidman continued struggling to uh, even come close to landing a takedown throughout the rest of the round. And Tavares spent much of the round just circling around the cage to stay out of danger until the final bell rang. Then we had uh, Gregory Rodriguez defeated Dennis Tululin. Tululin. 
I still can't say that name right, even after watching the card and hearing it pronounced in front of me. Uh, but anyways, Rodriguez won via knockout at 1 minute and 43 seconds of round number one. Rodriguez landed a takedown after the opening minute was complete as a feeling out process on the feet and ended up in full mount before knocking to Lulin out with elbows. A little bit controversial. Um, Daniel Cormier even said maybe a protest coming from Tulalin after the first elbow that looked to knock him out uh, hit pretty much the entirety of the back of his head before the second one hit behind his ear. Be interesting to see if that result gets overturned, protested, or appealed any kind of uh, fashion. But as of right now, Rodriguez won that fight via knockout. Then we had the first of, or well, in the order of the actual card, the second of two Ultimate Fighter finales. Kurt Holobo defeated Austin Hubbard via submission due to triangle choke at 2 minutes and 39 seconds of round 2, winning the lightweight Ultimate Fighter. Uh, round 1, Hubbard landed a takedown less than 30 seconds into the fight and started landing some big elbows from top position. Holobo ended up getting back to the feet with about 3 minutes left in the round, and then Holobo started landing more and more as the round progressed, but nothing that really looked like it compromised Hubbard. Hubbard ended up with another takedown with a minute and a half left in the first round, which Holobo ended up getting back up from, with Hubbard's left ear uh, cut open at the end of the round. And then in the second round, Holobo came out and landed multiple good right hands and started getting the better of the stand-up exchanges. Hubbard slipped on a kick attempt and ended up getting his back taken by Holobo. There's a few uh, rolls <laughs> taking place on the ground before Holobo threatened with an armbar and then finished the sequence and the fight with a triangle choke. Then in the second, or well, the first in the real order, uh, Ultimate Fighter finale, Brad Katona defeated Cody Gibson via unanimous decision, taking the bantamweight Ultimate Fighter win. Round one, both guys were throwing heavy amounts of strikes. Uh, Gibson was landing his right hand frequently, while Katona landed mostly body shots, but the pace was absolutely frenetic. The second round... The pace did not slow down at all to start the second round. Gibson still landed more shots at his own range, but Katona started to get the timing down on his counter shots. Katona landed a second shot, or landed a shot at the end of the round that seeming, seemingly temporarily rocked Gibson and controlled the last 45 seconds of the round. Then we came out for the third and final round. Katona uh, came out with massive swelling between his left eye and left ear, and the corner was telling him to forget about his knee, meaning he was fighting through two kinds of injuries. Both guys were landing shots that would rock each other, but stayed standing. Katona appeared to poke Gibson's eye, but the referee didn't step in, so Katona landed a handful of uncontested shots before being hit with an uppercut to gain some separation on Gibson's part. Then Katona took control of his striking and closed out the round for the win. The early prelim results, the first three fights we saw, Andre Petrovsky defeated Gerald Merchart via split decision. Uh, round one was the round which was, uh, who knows how you score it. Uh, Petrovsky landed a big shot that dropped Merchart, but the rest of the round was relatively equal, ending with Petrovsky getting a takedown that got him into GM3's inverted triangle until the uh, horn blew. In round two, Petrovsky controlled the tempo and range of the fight, uh, how it took place in the middle round. Murchart had next to no answer for anything that Petrovsky was doing, which actually wasn't a lot, but the control was so significant that it looked much more dominant for Petrovsky. 
Round three, Mershart came out on fire, knowing that he likely needed a finish to win uh, after being dropped in the first round and dominated in the second, landing a takedown a minute in before Petrosky got up. Petrosky landed a takedown of his own before Mershart got up, and the two played Rock'em Sock'em Robots until the bell rang. Uh, second fight that we saw, Natalia Silva defeated, I oh my gosh, Andrea, Andrea via unanimous decision. Round one, honestly, this is going to be recycled because uh, each round, for the most part, maybe had a couple of different details, but essentially had the same theme throughout the entirety of it. So, uh, yeah, back round one, Silva started out with the Taekwondo clinic with some head kicks and quick strikes all throughout the first before giving Lee jelly legs towards the end of the first round with a big shot. Round two, Lee's face and hand started to bleed at the end of the first, and the Taekwondo clinic continued and opened up Lee's face even more. Silva wasn't landing anything crazy to hurt Lee in the round, but constant strikes meant Lee had nothing to offer up in the way of resistance. Third and final round, Lee came out of the corner being told to bite down on the mouthpiece and move forward, needing a finish likely to get the win, and to her credit, she was more aggressive than the first two rounds, but Silva started countering and timing shots even better and still, in my opinion, took the third round as well. Very first fight of the night, Karine Silva defeated Marina Moros via submission due to a guillotine choke at 4 minutes 59 seconds of round 1. Uh, Silva rocked Morose with a couple of shots in the fight before getting the fight to the ground later on in th in the round, uh, getting into full mount and going for a mounted guillotine to take the victory. Now we go back to the main card, break down those fights a little bit more. Uh, very first fight on the main card, uh, Vera versus Munoz. Round one was leg kicks, leg kicks, leg kicks, and then a takedown attempt from Munoz that failed before getting a solid jab from Cheeto, and then back to leg kicks. Cheeto busted up Munoz's nose before the end of the round, but nothing really crazy happened at all, essentially. Uh, round two, Cheeto kicked off the second round with some good strikes before we went back to round one's kicking contest with a few more head and body shots going on. Uh, Cheeto's jab started to land and pop Munoz towards the end of the round, but still nothing too notable happened at this point. Round three, we actually got like a fight in the third round. Uh, Cheeto came out clipping Pager with almost every left hooker jab that he was throwing, and Cheeto won just about every striking exchange on the feet until the horn went off for the third and final time to end the fight. Now we move up the card, Blackshear versus Bautista. Round one, Blackshear came out ultra-aggressive with his strikes, throwing some crazy kicks and combinations all throughout the first minute of the fight before tying Bautista up in the clinch along the fence. Blackshear landed a takedown with three minutes left to work in the round, Batista ended up working back to the feet where Blackshear was seemingly in control of the fight as well before getting another takedown leading to a clinch along the fence. Uh, again, with another takedown giving him Batista's back, ending the round on the feet yet again. Round 2, Batista came out much more aggressive at the start of the second round, but Blackshear was countering and covering all of Batista's advances and seemingly came, in, came out better in every exchange. Blackshear started eating up Batista's lead leg as the round continued on. Nothing that Batista was throwing really seemed to face Blackshear, though, until the uh, second round started to wind down and Batista started to outpace Blackshear in the striking department. And that was when it became clear to at least me that Blackshear was a little bit depleted from having to do a weight cut in back-to-back -back weeks and knew he needed to uh, go for the finish early because he was likely going to slow down towards the end of the fight. Third and final round, Blackshear... 
uh, started the round throwing good combinations and heavy leg kicks to try and keep space between himself and Batista, but Batista was doing nothing but moving forward and putting the pressure on. Batista finally landed his first takedown halfway through the final round, taking the back of Blackshear along the cage, but Blackshear got back up to the feet and clipped Batista with about 30 seconds left in the fight before a scramble left Batista on top in the guard of um, Blackshear. Typed the wrong name there, don't know why I said Batista got into the guard of Batista, but not correct. Uh, <laughs> the middle fight on the main card, Magni versus Gary. Round one, Gary took out Magny's leg with the first low kick he threw, uh, and also the second one that he threw, both of which immediately looked to have an effect on Magny's balance. Gary ended up getting a quick takedown along the cage as well, but let Magny right back up to avoid any grappling exchanges. Gary landed another crippling leg kick that knocked Magny down later on in the round, but nothing too crazy happened here. Second round, Magni came out much more aggressive to start the second round, not really landing anything but throwing a lot. Gary landed a leg kick that seriously compromised Magni's leg about a minute into the round and continued going after it. Magni tied Gary up along the fence, but right in front of Gary's corner to give Gilbert Burns prime placement to give instructions to Gary on how to escape. And once they separated, Gary landed a head kick that knocked the mouthpiece clean out of Magni, uh, Magni's mouth. Whoops and then kicked the weak leg yet again before going for the kill, but Magni survived the second round, barely, and the reactions got more and more exaggerated with each leg kick that Ian Gary threw. Third and final round, Magni ate one leg kick in the first minute of the final round and couldn't even put weight on his leg anymore. Even when he was throwing shots, he was having a hard time staying upright, and for the majority of the final round, Magni offered no offense and was just simply trying to make it to the bell. Gary ended up going in for the kill in the final minute of the fight after he was yelling at Magni to get up after falling down from yet another leg kick. These two had some animosity that I wasn't even anticipating. Uh, Gary, at some point in the fight, just flipping Magni off and even doing it again at the end of the fight with Magni barking back yet again, which I'll never understand because you just had 15 minutes to fight the guy and you want to talk after he beat you up. Whatever, man. <laughs> Not a fan of that. Um... Going to the co-main event, Zhang Weili versus Amanda Lamosh. Round one, Weili landed a leg kick that led her to taking side control on the mat. After Lamosh fell, similar to how Neil Magny was doing in the fight before this, Lamosh ended up scooting over to the cage and getting Weili back into half guard. Lamosh ended up slipping in a Darsh choke attempt, but Weili squeezed out and ended up on the back of Lamosh and letting her hands go. The round ended with the two against the cage and Lamosh trying to sink the Darsh in yet again as the horn went off. Round 2, Lamosh came out throwing some big shots that were nowhere near landing as the second round started. Lamosh landed a solid right hand that looked worse than it seemed to be, but Wei Li ended up taking the fight back to the mat again anyways. Lamosh tried to spin to the feet and ended up getting her back taken by the champ. Lamosh got back to the feet with a minute left in the round but got taken right back down by Wei Li and ended the round with the champ on her back yet again. Third round... Weili started that round with another takedown and took a few kicks at the legs of Lamosh before taking side control again. A few seconds later, uh, being on the back yet again, scrambling back to get Weili in half guard was Lamosh, who got back to her feet before eating a couple of big elbows from Weili and being stuck in the clinch along the cage for most of the rest of the round. Fourth round, both fighters spent the first minute of the fourth round throwing strikes that were either out of range or barely catching their opponent. Lamos started to land some decent right hand and right hands and counters, but Whaley used the overconfidence of Lamos to land a takedown with two minutes left in the round. 
Lamosh went for another choke but ended up giving in after a few seconds of holding it in place and scrambling back to her feet. Fifth and final round, Whaley started the round with kicks to every part of Lamosh's body before landing a massive right hand that stunned Lamosh, throwing big shots in the ground and pound department, but Lamosh kept rolling and scrambling in an attempt to keep uh, surviving. Whaley ended up getting the crucifix position when Lamosh got back to the feet before getting spun back down to the mat. Lamosh ended up getting back to her feet at the end, but the fight was over. And still. Then the main event of the evening, Sterling versus O'Malley. Round 1, Aljo came out extremely aggressive with kicks, pushing the pace and chasing Sugashon around the octagon before trying to force O'Malley into mistakes. Uh, he's trying to lead to a takedown or force a catastrophic striking uh, mistake. Suga fainted a lot to gauge the reactions of Aljamain as the clock continued to tick down. Neither fighter really landed anything more than leg kicks uh, coming in from the champion at least. Sterling went for a takedown with about 20 seconds left in the first round, but O'Malley used the fence to stay on his feet. Came out for round two, and O'Malley slipped on a kick attempt that ended up uh, having him under threat of a takedown from Sterling, but he evaded the threat and... Uh, landed a massive shot that knocked Aljo down, finished the fight with huge ground and pound shots. O'Malley has this uh, crazy ability that like anytime he knocks someone down to me, this is maybe just my opinion, but whenever he knocks someone down, he always has a way of evading their guard or like up kicks and just clipping them right on the jaw again as they're already on the mat. He did it in the Thomas Almeida fight where he thought he had a walk-off knockout win and the referee didn't stop it, so he went after and landed one more massive shot and clean knocked him out. Did the same thing with Sterling where Sterling fell on his back and even as like one of the best grapplers in basically the UFC, Aljamain Sterling on his back couldn't even keep his legs in front of O'Malley. He was either pushing him out of the way, dodging him, and still landing some massive shots to the champ as he was laying on the mat. Um... One heck of a fight for O'Malley. There's not much more you can say. He uh, evaded all the problems in the first round and finished it in the second. It's about not much more you could have asked for from him. Going over my best bets from this card, had Austin Hubbard at minus 155 to win, and that was the only loss of the three picks that I had. Round one I would call a winning round for Hubbard, but round two completely flipped the switch and went the way of Kurt Holobo before the finish. Not much more I can say. Holobo looked like he was a man on a mission once he came out for the second round. First round looked like a feeling out process, and the second round was just done. That was it. Uh, second pick I had was Cheeto Vera at minus 190, and that was a winner. Maybe not the most convincing job of winning the fight throughout the entirety of it, but he found a way to get the job done. He likes to do the thing where he'll give up the first round or second round as well if it's a five-round fight. And then once he gets the opponent figured out and uh, can start piecing him up, he just lets go and has every advantage in every department that he can just take advantage of any mistake and finish it or take it to the judges' scorecards and win. Cheeto's going to be very good. Um, O'Malley called him out as a first title defense to make up for his only professional loss. If you want to call it a loss, depends who you ask. Um, said something about fighting Cheeto in December at the year-end card, but... Um, I know that Aljamain Sterling wants a rematch and Murad Dvalishvili, uh, Sterling's training partner, also wants to fight for the belt because he's had to wait since Sterling is the champion to even have a title fight yet. So be interesting to see who the UFC puts in front of him first, if they'll just follow what O'Malley wants or if they'll honor Sterling saying he wants a rematch or maybe Sterling even goes up to 145 anyways, even though he kind of seemed to question it in his post-fight interview. The take-at-your-own-risk pick of the week 
It doesn't even seem like a risk now that we're looking back on it. Sugar Sean O'Malley plus 205, which was a winner. It looked a little shaky, questionable at first in the first round, uh, him just evading every kind of pressure that Aljamain was putting on him, but it didn't take much of the second round to cash that bet. Uh, Sterling's got massive power in his hands, and even if we don't want to call it powerful, he's got the timing and precision, which Conor McGregor will tell you uh, beats the power. <laughs> so the power and the speed don't matter if you got precision and timing. But anyways, that's enough for UFC 292. Up next for UFC this coming weekend, August 26th, we have Fight Night Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. This one's in Singapore, so it's a morning card. So if you're planning on watching, make sure you're tuned in early. I think it's 8 a.m. East Coast time. Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann is the co-main event. Giga Chikadze versus Alex Caceres is also there, as well as Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. Aaron Blanchfield moving up in the division, and Tyler Santos, the first fighter to really push Valentina Shevchenko in her reign before Alexa Grasso defeated her. Uh, then we also have Chidi and Jukawani and Rolando Bedoya highlighting the remainder of the card. September 2nd, Fight Night, Gone versus Spivak. Excuse me, Man- Manon Furo versus Rose Nami Yunus is the co main event. Some other big names on the card are Volkan Uzdemir, Lucas Almeida, and Andrzej Lusa. The other big names, like I said. And next up for pay-per-views is September 9th, UFC 293, Adesanya versus Strickland. Uh, it's the next pay-per-view, next card that I will break down. So I will talk to you when it gets closer to that time. Until then, hope you enjoyed this card. And yeah, talk to you for UFC 293. Bye-bye.